Welcome back. Today I am so excited to welcome Bracha Getz to my podcast. Bracha is a world-renowned author of many, many books and has done tremendous things in her career and personal life. And today she's going to share some very exciting things that are very deeply meaningful and hopefully can encourage and contribute to many people's lives. So I, I usually start with a disclaimer that nothing should be taken as as like halachic anything. Just it's a good safeguard, I think. So I love cool. that you do that. I love that. So welcome, Bracha. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I have been so enjoying sharing about I don't, Rabbi Noah Weinberg taught about the five levels of pleasure. And this this past Pesach, you know, when I was home alone with my husband, <laughs> uh, I, I had a chance to like study a lot. And, and one of the things I learned about is that there's also five levels to the human soul. So I have been fascinated by how they correspond to each other. I think they correspond amazingly. The five levels of pleasure that Rabbi Noah Weinberg spoke about and the five levels of the human soul, which is taught by um, the Ramchal, which is Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lozato. And um, so, I, I, okay, this is, I'm just loving. I, you know what I just made this up yesterday? That I feel like I'm a tour guide. This is going to be like a tour guide, a, t- a tour of the human soul. We're going to start, we start with the lowest level which is the nefesh, which is the part of our soul that's connected to our physical body. So what are the things that give us pleasure in a physical way? All the things that God made in this world to give us pleasure. And what was, what was their purpose? The purpose of giving, of uplifting our physical body was to uplift our soul. When we experience the joy of natural foods, when we experience the joys of nature, when we experience the joys of movement and dance, all these things were, their purpose was to uplift our soul. That's the purpose of all these physical pleasures that were designed for us. So it's like, to me, you know, before, when when I was, before I became Torah observant. I was searching for the meaning to life. And when I heard from Rabbi Weinberg that the purpose of life is to experience the greatest pleasure possible, that changed my whole, that changed my whole life. It changed my whole perspective about everything. Because I was searching and searching, what what are we here for? I couldn't believe we get up every day to 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 eat, to go to work, to have energy, to get up the next day, to eat, to go to work. I mean, what's it all for? And then the whole difference is to experience the greatest pleasure possible. That changes everything. And it's it, it changes also that we we are divinely created. We have the sparks of God in us. And that this whole world is designed for our ultimate pleasure, including all the challenges that we go through. So, okay, so the first level of pleasure are all the physical pleasures, and that that enriches our nefesh. It uplifts us. And that's also um, where we stop with, with addictions. We get stuck on the physical level. And I... 
really suffered a lot with food addictions. And that was because, you know, I didn't have enough pleasure in my life. I didn't know what life was all about. And I got stuck on physical pleasure, which is, I think, the most widespread addiction. And why? Because when we experience the pleasure from food, we want it to keep lasting. We don't have enough other pleasures in our life. So we want it to keep lasting. So we just keep overeating. And, and that explains um, the binge eating that I was involved with. And then I would I would fluctuate between that and, and um, intense dieting. So it was either yo-yo dieting or binging. It was nothing to do with my physical hunger. It had to do with wanting more pleasure. And I didn't know how else this gave immediate fleeting pleasure, but at least, and fleeting is really fleeting because really we experience the pleasure just for the few seconds when it's in our mouth, when we're tasting it, you know? So like, in fact, I was reading recently in this wonderful book that it's healthier to chew more and that if we chew more, we eat less. Why? Because we're actually being more mindful of what we're eating. We're appreciating it. We eat it slower and then we don't need to eat as much because it makes sense. We're also eating it in the correct way. We get more saliva on it. We chew it better. We digest it better. But also I was thinking we're not sticking, we're not sticking the next spoonful in. We're absorbing what we're experiencing right in that moment. And that is the way the pleasures in this world were designed to be experienced, to mindfully experience them and to um, to have gratitude. So gratitude is how we get from rung to rung on the pleasure ladder. And gratitude is really the basis of Judaism. Do you want me to keep going up the pleasure ladder or should yeah, I pause? Or? I, oh, I okay, so. And also if you can say how, how, you know, you say gratitude is the way to get to the next rung. So how exactly does that work? And gratitude is how we experience the pleasure on each rung. It's all about that is that gives us a sense of satisfaction in life because we are connecting. We are recognizing it, like it's the difference between, of course, and recognizing the source. It's, it's the difference between, of course, I'm entitled to this, of course, versus there's a source. There's this actually a source giving me all these pleasures, all these pleasures were designed for my benefit. And to recognize that they're not only for our physical benefit, that these natural physical pleasures uplift our soul. When we, when we recognize that, that also helps with overcome, overcoming things like overeating. The way to do it is to add more joys to one's life, not to... Um, create deprivation as a feeling of uh, restriction, but more add other joys. In other words, a sense of abundance. Like let's say a person is just enjoying what they're eating so much, they just keep eating and it has nothing to do with that. They're physically hungry, but they're getting pleasure from eating it. If they have a sense of abundance and a sense of gratitude, they'll recognize even just from hearing this, that there's so many other sources of pleasure that, that they could bring into their lives at this moment. Like when a person is overeating, they can, they can have a little note on their fridge saying, um, is it my body that's hungry or my soul? And then they can turn on music 
start dancing, start stretching, instead of just continuing to eat the 84th bite of the same thing that is giving pleasure, immediate pleasure. There's other pleasures, like, and or they can just open the window, feel the sunshine on their face, feel the breeze. It, it takes away, in that moment, it takes away that compulsion to keep eating for a very genuinely good re- reason that a person wants more pleasure in their life and they want the pleasure to last wanting the pleasure to last so they just keep going what they really want is lasting pleasure so this is how a person can fill all their days with lasting pleasure going up the ladder is love um and as reb noah calls this the fourth level of pleasure the fifth level of pleasure the, the, the fifth class pleasure is all the physical pleasures. Going up the ladder, fourth class is love. And again, uh, with the definition, I call it the Jewish definition, but Rav Noach's definition is focusing on what you appreciate about another is love. That's the definition of love. It's not dependent on anybody else. It's you. It's empowering. All these pleasures each person can bring into their lives at any moment. So how do we bring in the physical pleasures? By feeling gratitude for all the physical pleasures we have at this moment, whether it's that we're breathing, whether it's all the illnesses that we don't have, whether it's all the body parts that are working, whether it's the, the juicy orange that you're eating. Moving up on the fourth level of pleasure this is focusing on the virtues of another. That's how a person brings love into their life. So it's not waiting by the phone for anyone to call you. It's experiencing that sense of appreciation for another. It could also be for a pet. It's, it's for any other. So you see, each level up brings more connection into one's life. And each level, and each, within each level, it's all about gratitude. It's about appreciation. And why does a person get involved in an addiction? Because they feel alienated, separated, estrangement. This brings connection. Gratitude brings connection. So, okay, moving up the third level of pleasure. And and I didn't mention, so we have the nefesh is the um, lowest level of the soul. And the next level up is ruach. That's That, I feel, corresponds to love. It's the spirit of another that you're appreciating. Then the the third level is the neshama. This is the level of meaning. Also, you can note that the physical level corresponds to the body. Uh, Love corresponds to the emotions. Meaning corresponds to the intellect. And and these are all also higher levels. um, We're moving up higher levels of the soul and higher levels of pleasure. When we bring meaning into our lives, that's even even a higher level of pleasure and a more lasting pleasure. When we try to do the right thing and we try to do something positive in the world, again, even a broader connection and it's a sense of appreciation, wanting to give back to the world and appreciating the world that we're in. So now we're up to the the second highest level. What could be greater than that is above neshama is chaya, life, giving life into the world. That's when we bring a part of ourselves into the world, creativity, and also 
it's a powerful effect that we have on the world when we share our creativity. Sometimes we don't feel like um, eating or even sleeping when we're in a zone of creativity. It is, and, and you'll notice that each level up, we are emulating the source more and more. Where all this energy is coming from, we're emulating the Almighty. So um, that's creativity. And what's the highest level of all is the level of yechida, oneness, transcendence, seeing the connectivity of everything is one. It's when the veil of separation is completely lifted and we have clarity about our connection with everyone, everything in the world, how we all give and take from each other and need each other. And we're all a part of one symbiotic whole. So, um, Basically, in this world, we are we are mainly on the on the lower three levels of pleasure, and it's in the world to come that we really experience the the two highest levels. As you know, we burn out with creativity; we can't stay in the creative state in this world. But we get glimpses of creativity, and we get glimpses of transcendence, like on Shabbos, glimpses in this world, but. Mainly, those two worlds are in the world to come. And in this life, in in this physical world that we're in, we are elevating our souls through interacting with the physical world on these three lowest levels. But we know what's, what's in store for us in the world to come. I used to think it sounded boring. What's left? But when you picture a, a world of complete creativity, always growing and being creative, that's the world to come. And, um, and a life of clarity about transcendence. So it's this world is a world of infinite and abundant pleasures. And, and that recognition changed my life. And I'm just enjoying spending time now sharing this with everybody because I just think this is so, so helpful in overcoming addictions and just really experiencing more joy in life. Yeah, Thank you so much. It's, it's really interesting to hear you put it in the perspective of addiction, because um, it sounds like the different levels of the soul and the different levels of pleasure, they also have the potential to kind of go off the rails a little bit if you misuse it or you try to fill that need for that kind of pleasure in a way that it's not meant to be filled. I mean, if correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like the lowest level can lead into addictions, you know, food addictions, drug addictions, alcohol. But then as you move up, you know, people kind of get into unhealthy relationship patterns sometimes too. So it's kind of like you're, you're filling that kind of need, the need for connection, the need for meaning in kind of skewed ways also. And I think that this is amazing information to have, um, speaking for myself personally, like to have almost like this roadmap, like th- this is the manual, this is how it's supposed to be. And if you can kind of keep your eye on, you know, this basic structure, it can kind of help you put things into that perspective. So if you're thinking like, I'm kind of gravitating towards this kind of, you know, I'm, I'm filling it with food or I am latching on to a certain kind of relationship that's maybe not the healthiest for me or chasing after some exciting experience that's, you know, got high risk for problems you know, hey, maybe this is really what I'm craving and maybe this is a different way to go about it. Would you say that that's... Exactly. And we have a litmus test. The litmus test to know if you are engaged in what Rav calls this counterfeit pleasures, using the pleasures. And, and just think about it. The whole um, processed food industry is based on 
creating counterfeit pleasures for us where we don't get the nutritional benefit. It's trying, it's making counterfeits of the wonderful healthy food that the Almighty designed for us and making these garbage foods that are supposed to still um, uh, give an ex- an experience of pleasure to your taste buds, but they don't give you nutrition. It's totally counterfeit is the exact word that Rev. Noak used, and that's what it's doing. When you eat the potato chips, you get the crunch, but you get you get nothing good out of it. It's it's not nutritionally beneficial. Like the Almighty actually made the food, the natural food to to smell good, to taste good, to look beautiful, and to be healthy for us. And here we eat the strawberry shortcake, which is a completely counterfeit strawberry. You know, it's been made into like all this stuff which isn't healthy for us. And so here's the thing. The litmus test is gratitude. This is how we know if we it is uplifting our soul or not when we're experiencing it. When we um, are involved in an addiction... We don't have a good feeling afterwards. We are not filled with gratitude. We're filled with almost a self-loathing, a self-judgment, feeling down about life, definitely not feeling grateful. This is how we know if we are genuinely experiencing pleasures in life by by noting whether it's 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 an awareness it's a mindfulness it helps us to be in a more mindful state do we feel gratitude and this is how judaism was designed like the blessings were designed to get us to remember to feel gratitude and we forget you know like we do as everybody does we do things rote but we can come back to this the essence of judaism is hoda'a to be a yehudi is to be a hoda'a a grateful person it's the essence of what Judaism is all about. So as we return to gratitude, there just becomes so much less of a need for addictive, addictive behaviors because we become more mindful and appreciate what we're experiencing in the moment. Can I just go back to one quick thing that you were saying? As someone who is in recovery from anorexia, I'm very, very sensitive to you know the idea of good foods and bad foods and intuitive eating. And um, I just kind of want to clarify one thing because you're talking about you know strawberry shortcake and potato chips and things. I think um, from my experience, I've learned d- different kinds of, of moderation and trusting your body about what's what you need at different times. Would you say that it, it works also if you apply the litmus test of gratitude to the idea of moderation that you know, how do you feel after you mindfully eat a piece of strawberry shortcake? Can that also be a litmus test of, you know, I gave myself the opportunity to enjoy this food that, yeah, if you eat it too much, that it might not be healthy for you. But if it feels good and you're grateful for for it afterwards and you feel good about, about the experience afterwards, would you say that that passes the litmus test? Yeah, it, it, it probably would because, you know, if you're not overeating it, that's the whole thing. A person knows... When, when the, I don't believe that a person can feel grateful after eating, eating the whole strawberry shortcake. You know what I'm saying? Like if a person could eat it, eat the piece and know that this isn't healthy for me, but it's just a fun experience that I feel like doing right now. You know, it reminds me of a birthday cake from my childhood, whatever. But if they end up, you know, just like plowing through the whole cake, I don't believe they can be left. You feel sick from the sugar and have, you know, it kind of feels not so good. 
Yeah, I think it's a difference. If you're really eating this one piece of cake and you feel gratitude afterwards, then you know. A person knows where they're at, you know. But um, I, I've been both kind of people, you know, being very restrictive and being um, with the binge eating. Honestly, well, I found the binge part much scarier. <laughs> I found that really hard. It was like a feeling of, um, it was a feeling of desperation, a feeling of desperation. I could not get enough. It was a feeling of trying to um, fill the emptiness inside. And at that time, I didn't know how to do it. I really didn't know how to bring lasting pleasure into my life. And it was like this desperate search for it. So um, do I think, of course, I don't think it's a terrible thing to have a piece of strawberry shortcake. But I think that it's really great to have an awareness of um, that food was designed really to be healthy for us physically and spiritually. And, you know, we, we do go off track and we do sometimes eat things that are not the greatest for us physically. But I, I think we can kind of um, have more awareness of which things help us because they were designed that way to be both physically and spiritually uplifting. I, think that's I don't know. Does that point also? Yeah, because if you think about, you know, a sudas mitzvah, you know, part of that is you're bringing more joy to a, a simcha, to a happy event by enjoying a meal together. And, you know, we bless God after a meal. You have a mizuman. I think that, that there's a lot in our traditions about food and about food enhancing holidays. And, and there's so much that revolves around it. And I think that's also where, you know, I struggled with the eating disorder too, that when you're struggling in that realm, it takes away not just from the physical, but from the emotional, the spiritual everything. It, it's a very dangerous way to go off the rails. I also want to just put one quick disclaimer that reading about the five le- levels of pleasure and incorporating these ideas is not a substitute for treatment for an eating disorder. Um, so, you know, that can be a very, um, it, it can be a very touchy, sensitive thing. I don't want anybody to be listening to this and say, oh, that's the cure. It's a beautiful thing to add on, but it's not the cure for an eating disorder. It's, it's a helpful tool. That's how I see it. Yeah. That um, many times we need to be nourishing our souls so that they can shine. Um, but many times there are blockages. And, and, and when there are blockages, there, therapeutic intervention is needed for our souls to shine as well. We need both. We need to be nourishing our souls all the time with the pleasures of life. And that means having gratitude. And and as well, it may be necessary to get therapeutic intervention to remove blockages so that our souls can shine. Since they go together. Um, you know, one of the things that I struggled with a lot when I was in treatment was when people, even rabbis would tell me, your your only goal right now is to get better. That's your only job is to get better. You know, and they were talking about physically, you know, even if the food isn't up to like the perfect standards of kosher's in a treatment center, even if certain things would otherwise be considered being mahal Shabbos, like to have the most lenient opinions in certain cases. And I, a lot of times was left feeling like there was a certain emptiness to that, that it was failing to take into account this whole other realm of my soul that needed to get well. And I think a lot of what you're saying kind of puts that into perspective And later on, when I was um, serving on a committee for helping develop 
treatment programming specifically for Torah observant women, uh, one of the women there who is a Chabad representative was talking about how important it is to address the spiritual component. If you're expecting somebody to go home and maintain their recovery as a Torah observant person, they need to be able to do that in the initial treatment phases too. You need to be able to learn how to approach a Torah observant life, you know, holidays and meals and kosher and, and your whole self, not just yourself as a body, not just yourself, you know, mind and emotion, but the soul too. I think that it all goes hand in hand. Yes. And I want to go back to something you said, like, you know, we're not that you, I think you were saying you don't like the division, bad food, good food, stuff like that. Right. Is that right? Um, But I feel that it's very important for like Torah observant people to be more conscious about eating in a healthy way. I feel it's like it really can bring down people spiritually to eat food which actually is designed to be addictive and that the more people um, eat the food that was designed by the almighty that it's helpful so i want i want to argue about this issue about the good food bad food thing that i i haven't had a chance to discuss this with anybody and it's something i really care about that you know, um, I think that it, to have increased awareness about this in the Torah community is very helpful for people. You know, children in schools are given so much junk food and it's like a, a, a bad, I feel it's an, it's a very negative way to train children to um, be so interested in addictive type of food as opposed to getting really feeling excited about getting fruit as treats or 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 food that is or treats that are not food at all i mean i think that there's so much of that that is needed and i feel like in a sense the torah community got off track with this a lot like going into um like when you're celebrating a simcha to have more healthy food available than than standard fare which can be really um not good for people I mean, I agree with a lot of that. Um, yeah, we're not totally coming from separate sides of this, but I think that a big part of it is the convenience factor. I think that junk food on the whole is cheaper and faster. And I think that speaks to, you know, the fact that a lot of that is is the less healthy options. I think that that speaks to, there's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts to health and there's no shortcuts to spiritual health. There's no there's no shortcuts in life that are sustainable. And I think that when you give kids, you know, it's a very quick thing like, oh, wow, you know, good boy, here's a lollipop. That's not a healthy way to train them. It's not, you know, I, I like the idea of giving prizes that are not food related. Right, that, right don't reinforce happiness equals chocolate chip cookie, you know, and I agree that there, there really ought to be more healthy choices available. I disagree that eating a piece of cake instead of, you know, something else. I mean, maybe if you want to argue about the way that it's made or preservatives or, you know, straight sugar, that there are different kinds of cakes. There's some that are healthier on the whole for your body, more nutrient filled than others. I definitely don't think that people should be eating cake all day long. That's not Um, And I do agree that, you know, big Torah principle is guarding your health and keeping your body healthy. Ultimately, one of the things that I talked about with somebody after my eating disorder, I felt like, how do I know there's such a thing as a soul? 
when I was really, really sick with anorexia, I was going into heart failure. There was nothing left of me. You know, I, I felt like I was just fading away. And one day I just fall asleep and that was it. And I said, you know, and if there's no such thing as a soul, then how do I know there's any such thing as anything else that I was taught to believe? And she told me the most amazing, beautiful thing. She said, of course, that's how, how it fell. And that's how it is because in this world, your body is the vehicle by which your soul exists in this world. And you have to take care of it because if you don't, you know, like you said, that's, that's wrong one on, on the, the pleasures and without the first rung, there's no ladder. It makes a lot, a lot of sense. You have to first and foremost, take care of your physical health before you're able to focus on any of the rest of it. Yeah, I think we've gone really off track in this. And I think it's, <laughs> it's still very interesting. No, 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 no. I don't mean we've gone off track. I meant, I mean, the oh, I thought community. you meant we're on a tangent. No, no, no. I, I feel that the Torah community really has gone off track from this because we, we, we're, this is so much in line with the Torah. And, you know, we, we, this has happened in other ways too. I, I, I always feel like writing. You know, that's when I write these children's books because when I want to, like, steer things in a certain direction, like with, with the sexual abuse. I mean, that was – nobody was talking about it. No one wanted there to be children's books about this. And there, it, we have to – we had to steer back as uh, – you know, many times Bali Chuva, we, we, we're not afraid of um, rocking the boat a little bit. And, 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 and we changed our lives so much. We're not afraid of of – Fixing the status quo when we see that how how wonderful and pure it could be and that we could get back to those ways, you know. So, yeah, this is something that I think I feel strongly about, too, that um, we don't have to think of it as good and bad because then we'll associate being bad with eating certain foods. It's, It's not like that at all. It's just make a healthier choice. And, you know, and, and not to feel bad when you do, when you don't make that choice. But to feel really good when you do and to to experience the pleasure of it, that these are real gifts that the Almighty has created for us, you know, to to enjoy. <laughs> my, my kids love your books. We have um, Let's Stay Pure is one of my favorites. It is oh. such a heartfelt, beautiful book. And um, also, I mean, I have a son with special needs who, when he was first understanding the idea of books... Let's Stay Pure was one of the only books that he would let me, you know, hold him in my lap and read the book to him. It just so it spoke to his soul. And I was saying that my older son, um, he's five now, when we would read the book, he would, um, we started when he was three, I think I read him this book. And he was really into and into the idea of what choices of activities and, and you know, what brings him closer to, to who he wants to be, to growing up to be a mensch you know, and what brings him farther away from that, like which choices, you know, and I think it's such a child friendly way of saying what brings you closer to your goal, and what brings you farther away from your goal. And so I just wanted to thank you for writing that. It's a very, very special book. Now, thank you so much. I'm going to put a link in the comments uh, in the description so people can find it. It brings up another topic that we were talking about, again, with the same issue of good and bad, and the choices so many people have messages in their heads that they are unworthy, self-criticism, self-judgment. This is going on all the time. So I am, so what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying, why is this a tool, the pleasure ladder? Because every moment that you feel gratitude 
is a moment that you're not self-criticizing, that you're not hearing that negative judgment. When you are bringing gratitude into your life, you're also changing the messaging because you're a person that is deserving of feeling gratitude in this world. You're a person that is deserving of pleasure. The world was designed really to bring you pleasure. And this changes the entire outlook. And and a pleasure doesn't mean, oh, if I just have that, then I'll feel pleasure. No, it's, it's experiencing gratitude in what you have this moment. That is what pleasure is about. So I, I want to explain how this, it, it works as a tool in the moment. In the moment that you're experiencing gratitude, it's a moment when you are not you, you are not only not judging yourself in a negative way, you're actually transforming into a person where you're experiencing the goodness of yourself, that you're a divine being created by divinity to experience the pleasure and uplift your soul here. That's so um, even even if you're thinking, yeah. oh, I'm a terrible person, I don't deserve anything. Well, God has decided otherwise. And if the more that you notice the gifts that God gives you, the more that you, you realize, well, God thinks I'm worthy. So exactly. And I think Each moment of, the of gratitude. You look at your life and say, well, I'm struggling so much. Maybe I'm not worthy. I think that every person, when you look deep enough, there are hidden blessings that you can find also. That everybody, exactly. Everybody has blessings in their life too. And I think that the more that we find them, like you're saying, the more that we find them, the more we can reflect on on the beauty of our soul and our worthiness. And God gives us the gifts in our lives ultimately as tools to achieve our potential and express our souls. Exactly. Exactly. When I was at one of the lowest points in my life, when I felt like the whole world had betrayed me, everything felt so lost there was a tree. I was just stare at the tree. There are still trees in the world. I know it. There is a beautiful tree. I would just keep repeating that. It's all that gave me hope. There was this tree. And I just focused on that again and again and again. And this is it. We can do it in all different kinds of ways. I'm breathing right now. You know, people do it so much through breath. And think of the pandemic. The pandemic to me, it pushed us forward in a spiritual evolution, tremendous spiritual evolution, because we all, so many things we were taking for granted, we're no longer taking for granted. We all have more gratitude across the board, around the world. And so this was a tremendous push forward. We are now so much more grateful for breath, our lives, for all the body parts that are functioning, all the illnesses we don't have, for hugs, for being in nature, for walks, for everything that we took for granted, we don't take for granted anymore. It's a, it's a huge push forward. To just go back one, one second to that tree, I, I like what you said so much about that because when you're at your absolute lowest, it can be really hard to say, you know, I have a family, I have a home, I, you know, I have a roof over my head, I have enough food. It's very hard to think in those global terms when you're really, really down. And when you can find one thing to focus on and just hold on to like, like a life raft. I remember one time when I was really, really depressed and I was thinking to myself, like, like what do I hold on to to keep going? And I kid you not, the one thing that, that I 
thought was, I like the way it feels when I'm in bed falling asleep. And, mm. you know, because that's, it's a, it's a pleasant sensation. It's peaceful. I'm yeah. in my little cocoon, you know, maybe it's not the greatest thing that I want to be there 24 seven right now, but it was something that I could be grateful for something that I could hold on to, or like in the beginning of my eating disorder, when what's one reason that I want to recover again, I kid you not. I wanted to be able to eat a peanut butter sandwich in the car on a road trip, like a normal person. Like that was, I'm going to rehab so that I can eat a peanut butter sandwich on a road trip at the car, like a normal person. Like that was, <laughs> that was what I wanted. And I think when you can hold on to one small thing that can be your bridge back. Yes, exactly. Yes. No. Yeah. I, I, Gratitude is the essence. So if there was one thing that you want to share just as an end off, like something that people can do practically to build this in their lives, what would you recommend? I'd say to ask, ask, ask yourself with loving awareness, if you're overeating, is it my body that's hungry or my soul? And, and, and right away you will recognize like, my soul is genuinely hungry. What else can I do that's pleasurable too? Or you could even have it in mind beforehand. You know, if I tend to just keep keep eating this thing too long, you know, like after I've after I've just um, had a good meal and then I just keep going, it's it's stopping that's really the problem. So how do you stop? You just do something else that's pleasurable. You can have it in mind. What else do I find pleasurable? And you can move on to that. It helps so much to even plan it in advance and just have these things ready to do so that you have this sense of it comes from a sense of scarcity I don't have enough pleasure in my life so I gotta keep stuffing this in instead like how do you develop that sense of abundance of pleasures in life and you recognize all the things so many things that could bring you pleasure I guess my main point is that we, you know, we look like physical beings, but in essence, we're spiritual beings and we we need to nourish our souls. We're really here to nourish our souls and all the many, many ways we could do it in this world that really was designed for our pleasure, which can involve tremendous challenges as well. But it but it is for our ultimate pleasure. Thank you so much. It's, it's so beautiful. I'm so honored that you came on here. And I hope that I hope that so many people are listening and gain from this. I know that I did. And, and really, really thank you for coming. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to connect with you in a deeper way, like we've been connecting in little different ways. And it's, it's a real pleasure. I hope we'll continue to connect because I think our souls resonate so much. And it's just it's a tremendous joy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much.